Hello, this is James Gremig with Decentralized Media on Unrestricted Warfare. I got a very special guest who I had the pleasure of actually meeting at the Healing for the Ages conference in Dallas, Texas, back in September. It's Dr. Henry Ely. We might have two of his colleagues join on because there is a lawsuit next week, Dr. Ely. You want to give a very high-level view of that lawsuit before I, I show some videos? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. James, good to be with you, brother man, and it's good to be on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Um, we have been fighting for years, and uh, on December 5th, we're going to have uh, finally our day in court, or at least we thought we were going to get our day in court. I got some more on that afterwards. Um, but uh, basically what's going on is we are going after key people who are involved in the fraud, the criminal data fraud of death certificates, the criminal data fraud of COVID counts, and the subsequent theft of over $4.5 trillion of U.S. taxpayer money. And we are going to make sure that there is an investigation at the grand jury level that is going to reveal and substantiate everything that we've produced, which is now well over a thousand pages of peer-reviewed evidence. And we're going to make sure that uh, this doesn't just go quietly away as being okay. You can't steal this much money. You can't kill this, these many people. You can't injure these many people and do it for profit and act like it's not a crime. So we're going to make sure it's investigated. And that's what the fight has been from day one for us. Very good. I'm going to start off with uh, two short videos that set the tone uh, after Dr. Henry Ely set the tone. Let's go. Digital Patriots that actually did what? <laughs> actually Ooh. put stuff like that together. This is the, the anonymous patriot. This is a digital army. It's amazing. There is Albert. Good to see you. We'll be, Hi, thank with you. you. be with you. Love the Chargers hat. We'll be with you in a moment because I'm gonna play another video. So enjoy this one too. This is out of bloody England, I think, and it's really good. First to arrive, 
with cameras installed to protect both you and me in places that we weren't that threatened and yet people didn't see and what followed were traffic restrictions to keep the roads quiet and clean the maths didn't add up nor the science but still the people didn't see and next came the 15-minute neighborhoods to make our lives easier decreed to some it seemed like restrictions but still the people didn't see and then came the digital id so convenient easy and free your life in one chip on a mainframe and still the people didn't see the cars they sold were electric all wired to the government pc and they switched off the driving on sundays and still the people didn't see and the banks moved their money to digital and the government banned cash the next week and the ability to fly was restricted and still the people didn't see they linked up your money and profile to the id on the government pc and connected it to social media and still the people didn't see and then came a new cure a new virus safe and effective and free they linked these jabs to your profile and connected the government pc and when the people were locked in their cities policed by their digital id unable to visit their loved ones now finally the people can see restricted and tracked with no money to go further a permit you'll need contained in your digital city oh why did the people not see these steps they've sold us as progress never looked to be quite what they seemed and if you don't ask the questions in protest then your children will never know free i love that mm-hmm Albert, I want those videos, man. I want those videos so bad. I'll I'll send them both to you. That's no problem. I'll do it after the show. Let me uh, go through a PowerPoint, introduce you gentlemen properly. We'll we'll dive into the show. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Dr. Henry Ely. Paul Nally's not with us yet. Uh, he might join us. And Albert Benavides. They're here. Uh, C19 Beyond the Con, I love the website. We'll get into this. So this is me at my new home on decentralized.media, my two shows, Unrestricted Warfare, Beyond the Bible. Why Beyond the Bible? Because once the collapse happens, big everything goes down, and people say, well, oh, maybe we should go back to God, because we didn't see, as that gentleman said. So I love this. Life expectancy in the U.S. has crashed suddenly. I mean, really crashed, especially with, with COVID. I mean, it's just, you know, with the vaccine bioweapons, that is. They had a little blurb uh, in Switzerland that's going back up, but not the United States. They want to wipe us out. and We're, we're down big time compared to Japan and Switzerland, 76.4. That is not a good trend, gentlemen. So here we go. The uh, So I put the since January of 2019. So the United Nations World Health Organization listed the 10 greatest threats to health in, in 2019 at that start of that year and what do they say vaccine hesitancy was number eight are you kidding me there's no such thing as vaccine hesitancy it's a completely made up term it's psych- psychological manipulation it's it was to set up the covid bioweapons that everyone on that side knew was coming uh you know in 2020 and sort of the vaccines in 2021 this is how they play the game so now they're rolling out vaccine hesitancy all over again in the irish times and ireland's having some interesting problems with migrants and things of that nature so uh they they destroyed you know the the globalists destroyed some farms there they've been pushing the vaccines nonstop. they're trying to wipe out the irish people is a genocide absolutely 
uh, people in Ireland, you didn't see, you didn't have time for you to wake up. So I love this woman. Look at this. What a great T-shirt. Pharmacide. Exactly. There's Arkansas and there's, and there's Pharmacide and death by pharma corruption and, oh, injury, death and injury. Love her shirt. My kind of woman. And there's Dr. Henry Ely. I will read his brief bio, but you go, Dr. Henry Ely, he's beyond the con.com. And let me read Henry's brief bio. Dr. Henry Ely is the founder of an executive community director for the Energetic Health Institute. He holds a doctorate in naturopathic medicine from SNM, a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from UCLA, is board certified in holistic nutrition by the NANP, and a proud Jackie Robinson Scholarship alumnus. He has over 20 years of teaching and clinical experience helping people care for their amazing body by unlocking the healing potential of natural medicines. That's the short version. Henry's bio goes much greater than that. Let's go next. So Albert Benavides. So he runs this wonderful website called VERSAware.com because VERS is, we know, it's been a cooked, cooked uh, database. It's the only app in the world that doesn't work. Every, all the other convenient apps, uh, Uber Eats and all that stuff, all that works except this one. It doesn't really work. I know I have a vaccinated your 23-year-old son. I don't think he was ever entered into the VAERS system, to be honest with you. But he did go to vaccine court. He did get kicked out of vaccine court with 5,400 uh, other kids back in 2011. So his claims of vaccine injury were never heard. Very interesting, no? So let me read you Albert's background real quick. Albert Benavides is a 25-year medical billing revenue cycle management expert from HMO, claims auditor, and medical building company owner. Albert put his career on pause because he refused to participate in this medical genocide. God bless him. He now runs his own website, VERSAware.com, visualizing VERS using corporate-style interactive dashboards. And let's go to the next gentleman, whether uh, Paul's ready to join us or not, doesn't matter. So Paul Malley, beyondthecon.com, you go there, people, you can donate. Let's do that, right? Um, Paul Malley, former Major Sergeant uh, Georgia Air, Air National Guard, police chief, city of White, Georgia, Bartow County Deputy, Justice of the Peace, 823 Militia District, Bartow County, Georgia. JP was merged with uh, magistrate courts in 1983 Constitution, retired from, from Lockheed, and the Georgia Department of Transportation uh, involved with grand jury access for the last 23 years. Talking points, if he would, if he comes on show, would be the grand jury education. We can all get educated. Let's get on here. Albert, since I've never had you on my show, please introduce you to the audience. Why did you launch Veers Aware, and how is that different than other Veers websites, including the CDC? Go ahead. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I uh, it took me about a year of following uh, the VAERS um, website since since VAX number one, I guess, uh, the rollout in December of 2020. Uh, and and then uh, and then it took me about a year and I was I was uh, downloading the data and I was making I was making dashboards from an Excel spreadsheet is I'm a kind of an Excel, an Excel guy. Uh, and, uh, but when the, when the data got too much, more than a million rows, <laughs> I needed something more um, corporate, 
uh, corporate enterprise level. So yep. I moved yep. over to Tableau, uh, Tableau software and basically interactive dashboards. And it's kind of the niche that I had kind of uh, created for myself. When you run a medical billing department of about 40 medical billers, you know, I need to give the, I need to report back to my, to my CEO and my CFO, uh, where we're at, you know, how much money's coming in and going out. So, um, I just applied that, uh, that visibility onto this, uh, da- uh, website. And so I consider it now like a supplement to what is open bears, you know, the red box, the red boxes or metalerts.org, uh, which is yep. the other, which is the other spot or the, you know, straight from the CDC's website called the wonder system. And, um, you know, everything's kind of difficult to navigate in a way. And open bears has its niche cause it's easy and it's easy to access and read reports. And uh, so I kind of fill in the fill in the spot there now with an interactive dashboard with filters and you click a button and, you know, seven different charts, you know, move at the same time. So you really drill in. So a geek like me, I used to be a construction manager 30 years. I did 10,000, 10, you know, uh, rows of, of, you know, line items and things of like that. And these billion dollar projects. You know, I've gone through that, but not to the degree of you, a million rows. Oh my God. And the Tableau, I'm very aware of that. So it's great software. Oh, I understand yeah. you have to, you have to go to the next level. So that is all interesting. So my quite couple of questions, real simple. Uh, can the average person go on your website and start using it? Is that one thing that, c- that can happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. I take it. Uh, it's for the non Excel user. That's what I, you know, that, that's my intent right there. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks to Dr. Henry Ely and Christina, the, the media rep for all you guys. You guys are wonderful. I I was unaware of bearsaware.com, but I'm not I'm gonna start using it for sure because this this is amazing. I mean, I I knew back in 2020, or actually 2021, excuse me, when when the vaccines were all the Pfizer Moderna in the United States, they had a three-month backlog. The COVID death cult is what I call CC. So the COVID death cult had a three-month backlog, and any other government agency would have thrown millions of dollars at it. Would have brought in more more data data people to, to input all the information. Would have brought in system engineers to build out the system. But none of that stuff happened, in my opinion. And I guess one day I want to go forensically look into what the CDC actually did because I guarantee you they they deliberately created a logjam of of claims coming in because they didn't want to freak out people for the next two years. Go ahead, Albert. Absolutely, and and we'll get into it. And this is what this is the kind of information uh, that we're going to bring when we when we get ourselves in front of a grand jury. But uh, yeah, with that, um, you know, hey, just this last drop, James. Uh, they gave us twenty two deaths, and the deaths they died in two thousand twenty one. Forty additional deaths. Those deaths died in 2022. So your three month backlog is super. It's it's by design. It's not even a backlog. It's 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 called um, I call it throttling a purposeful delay in publishing the reports to the point where just this last drop of 200 deaths that we got uh, 30 30 something percent were actually the, the, the victim actually died in 2022 and 2021 i mean come on wow i didn't realize it was that bad because i really haven't 
I never trusted Veers to begin with, to be honest with you. So I didn't spend the last three years going through Veers. I just knew all the turbo cancers and everything else. I was really focused on the actual symptoms that were killing people, right? And we all know, Dr. Henry Elon, I'll let you weigh in on this, but we all know the, the term long COVID. There's no such thing as long COVID. It's long vaxxed at the end of the day. Go ahead, Henry. Yeah, yeah that's that's... <laughs> This is the biggest thing. And, and, and when we talk about long COVID, the only way that you can assess for long COVID is if a person didn't get any of the damn shots. As soon as you got the damn shots, it is a vaccine and it's not a vaccine, but we're going to use that stupid term. It is a vaccine injury until proven otherwise. And there is no means with which to prove otherwise. When we look at Kevin McKernan's great work on plasmids, and we look at the work of Dr. Brian Artis and Dr. Ed Group, myself, Dr. Jana Schmidt, with healing for the ages we showed conclusively in the peer-reviewed literature and in the actuality of what kevin mckernan has found that there are plasmids there and that they do modify the human genome and that they do modify the microbiome the genome of your microbiome so if you've gotten the shots and some and your doctor is trying to tell you that this is just long COVID, no it's not it's an, a genetic modification of yourself and or your microbiome if you didn't get the shots then we can evaluate for long COVID. But, and I'm sure there's people out there that qualify for that. But I can tell you this, James, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen the person who didn't get the shots and has been dealing with COVID symptomatology for an extended period of time. I haven't seen those people, especially when those people are well nourished. And that's where we bring in the whole amount of information we really need to be learning, which is what our amazing bodies are and how to take care of them. All right, gentlemen. Uh Either one of you, go ahead. Let's talk about Beyond the Con. First of all, I love the, the name of the website, beyondthecon.com. Uh, Henry, if you want to go to share the screen and sh show the sure, website, sure. by all means, go ahead. Let me make sure I have it queued up here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and take a look at it. Now, Beyond the Con is a grand jury initiative. We originally started this, James, as uh, two um, conferences. We did a COVIDCon21. Uh, yeah, uh, in conjunction with the uh, Church of Glad Tidings and a bunch of great presenters, and then we came back and did it again in 22. But we said, "Hey, let's not call it COVIDCon 22. Let's call it what it should be. How do we get beyond this nonsense, this con job that's going on?" And of course, the play on words because we can say, "Yeah, it's a conference." Um, but what happened was we said, Let, "Let's start talking about these solutions. What are we? What are we going to do about this?" And for us, this has been, we've been working on this grand jury initiative solution, phase one of it, since um, really, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, we started working this March 12th of 2020. We started getting into the data. We started looking at what was going on. And I want to show people, uh, your audience, what, what this is. So on this website, if you scroll down, you can get yourself, you can watch this video. This is from... Uh, a talk I did at the Church of Glad Tidings. It's a it's a way to get yourself dialed in right away to what's going on. Yep. But what happened was when we started looking at the um, aggregate and what the CDC was publishing and what states were publishing in terms of death counts, what we found was that, uh, and this this one is to February sixth of twenty twenty two. So over a course of essentially two years. The CDC at that time claimed that there were 890,000 Americans died because of COVID. That's nonsense. Why is that nonsense? Because two audits were performed in June of 21 and, Ju and July of 21. The first one was in Santa Clara County, uh, County California. Yep. They found that 
the death certificates that had COVID on them, 22% of them were not COVID. These were people that got into car accidents and the medical examiners for some insane reason was testing them using PCR testing, which we know is fraudulent, from, uh, after they had died. Uh, people had fallen off of buildings, people who had gotten shot. These are clearly not COVID deaths. That's obvious fraud, right? But if you're a hospital or you get to put COVID on there, guess what you get? You get more money for processing that certificate. Yep. July of 21, Alameda County, California, same thing was happening. 25% of all, and this is, this is what's called a partial audit, all right, where it's just the most obvious things that have nothing to do with COVID. How did these even get called COVID? That, those two studies right there confirmed fraud, and then they stopped. We thought we were going to start seeing these around the country. Nope. Hit the brakes. They stopped. Well, what was going on was that if we were simply to say, hey, 25%, uh, if we just said 25% of the death certificates were wrong, which is way more than that, that would reduce the death count all the way down to there. But what we found in our peer-reviewed study was that when you look at comorbidities, CDC published ad nauseum that on average, the pe people who died supposedly of COVID had on average 4.0 comorbidities. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, when you look at death certificates, I'm going to take, I'm going to bring everybody back to this graphic right here, but I want to show them, kind of take them through the, uh, through the website. Yep. So when you, when you look at a death certificate, I'm going to bring it on screen. Let me know if you can see it. I'm going to enlarge it a little bit here. Let me see. Did you, can we you can see, see it, it on screen? Okay. Yep. When you look at a death certificate, so on March 24th of 2020, the CDC issued what's called COVID alert number two, and they issued it through the National Vital Statistics System. And this told every coroner, every medical examiner, point blank, COVID is going to be the cause of death more often than not. That was their exact quote. COVID will be the cause of death more often than not. What they told everybody specifically to do, and this is their example right here, a 77-year-old male with 10-year history of hypertension and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. They told them point blank, that that is going to be moved to part two of the death certificate where there is no statistical counting really that goes on. Ah, the way and that what that does is that allows COVID to be the last line item on part one. Last line item is considered cause of death. Well, if what we had done for all the years prior is say the oldest comorbidity is the cause of death, not the infection that, that started the final chain of events. That's not cause of death. Cause of, if you had hypertension for 10 years, then the cause of death would be hypertension and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease in this. So let's say that this 77-year-old dude here that died, yep. it wasn't COVID, instead it was the flu. This is how his death certificate would look. His death certificate would look like hypertension and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease were the causes of death. It wouldn't be a flu death. It would be a COPD death, right? That's how it's supposed to be. Yep. But when you take these long existing, pre-existing conditions, these comorbidities, and you move them to a different part, now it allows the COVID to be called the cause of death. And this is fraud. This is deliberate data fraud. So what did that, what did that do for us? If you go back up to here, when we apply these principles of how this is supposed to be done, what it does is it re dramatically reduces the death count over a two-year period from what the CDC was lying and saying, 890,000, 
to likely somewhere in the 50,000. And what we look at at that same time was that by February 6th, after only a year, essentially, of the shots being released, there was 24,827 people that had died, supposedly. We know that number's way higher. But if the actual vaccine had, uh, if the actual death count was was accurate in bears, meaning people actually used the system the way they were supposed to, meaning that the CDC revealed how many people died after their initial report. That's something the CDC never reveals. That that number would be about 124,000. So what, what the point of this is for everybody is real simple. There's a lot of people coming out saying now that more people have died from the damn shots than from COVID. Yep. This is something we proved in by October of 2020. And this is something that has been substantiated by the two people in this country who have gotten actual death certificates and analyzed them. More people have died from the damn shots than have died from the actual lab-generated infection. And that right there deserves investigation because right here, if you look at these numbers, James, yeah, that is 837,000 incidences of fraud and associated with most of those are theft of American taxpayer dollars in the form of Medicare, Medicaid reimbursements. So what you're talking about is massive insurance fraud, massive testing fraud, massive death certificate fraud, and what you ultimately are left with is this reality. This is criminal data fraud. Now, what makes it criminal data fraud? What makes it criminal data fraud is that the CDC, like every government agency, has rules, laws they have to follow. There are three in particular that we found. The first one is called the Administrative Procedures Act. It's very simple. It means that everybody's got to follow the same rules, right? Big deal. The second one is called the Paperwork Reduction Act. Now, that doesn't sound like, what does that have to do with anything? That's not a sexy name. So what? What it says is that if you, as a federal agency, want to change how you are acquiring data or publishing data, you have to report to the federal register. And when you report that proposed change to the federal register, two very important things happen legally. Number one, the Office of Management and Budget takes over and has oversight over the whole process to make sure there's no funny business going on. And number two, it opens public comment, mandatory public comment on this. Now, I don't know about you, James. I don't remember them opening up any public comment period about the change in death certificates. Did you hear that? I didn't hear it. No, no, it didn't, didn't happen at all. Um, right. Did they destroy any, Albert or Henry, did they destroy any data? At all, this, this the CDC because you know the government's not allowed to destroy data. By the way, I mean we know the CDC did that before in the movie Vaxxed. That happened twenty years ago to erase the autism signal mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and and right and in vaccines. Well, did they do first, it for COVID bioweapons? They they definitely did, and that is a violation of the third thing we found, which is the Information Quality Act. And now we're into with an addition to the theft of and misappropriation, if you want to use that word, of $4.5 trillion of U.S. taxpayer money. Now we're into a criminal enterprise. All right. This is criminal enterprise fraud. Yep. But Albert, why don't you tell uh, James and his audience about uh, how the CDC has deleted data in VAERS? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, just for COVID-19 reports, they've deleted now to date over 31,000 
uh, COVID jab reports. 1,100 of those are uh, death reports. And um, at least on paper, on their standard operating procedure guidelines or whatever, uh, they are um, they they are able to delete reports if it's a if it's a duplicate or if it's a fake or false report. Okay, granted, and I and I co-sign on that. Like, sure, I don't want duplicates and I don't want fake and false reports in the VAR system. So on the surface, I I agree with that. However, they do have a a very reasonable four to six weeks that they give themselves to rigorously vet and authenticate a report that it's not a duplicate or it's not a fake report. Um, and in that process of, of making the making the hamburger, making the sausage, they won't they should not publish the report. But as you as you can see, they've still had, you know, even after that uh, four to six weeks and rigorous vetting and finalizing and publishing the report, they still have a need to delete these 31,000 reports. And I have um, spot checked over 2,000 of these reports, mostly deaths, assuming that, okay, the benefit of the doubt, it must be a duplicate. Let me go find the live, the live twin brother report in the system. And uh, this spot checking of uh, 2,000 reports myself, I couldn't find not not even 10% of the reports that I could say, this is a, this is a, a duplicate. So, and they do not look like fake or false reports because a lot of the times they're professionally written and they even say that it was submitted by a contactable physician. And then it's professionally written, it's buttoned up. Nobody off the street can write, can write this way. Uh, so, so yeah, they're, they, they're deleting, they're destroying, uh, reports or deleting them and they give no um they, they give no explanation why they deleted the report you know it's it's just to find what they deleted is is a job in and of itself like which ones are not here what reports of these uh 1.7 million reports are here are, aren't you know are here now this week that uh, or not here this week that we're here the week before they don't even they, it's not like they give you a running list and say these are the ones we deleted so, that's incredible so let me explain for the audience real simple real quick so near duplicates are like law firms will go in and get evidence and they run software the software been around for 10 years and they run millions of pages through it and they find out near duplicate evidence or emails and they basically get rid of it what you did is a, a, a personal search of 2,000, a lot of reports, and you found nothing. And that's incredible itself. So, again, another example is we go build a, uh, a building out of steel, and you, and you got all you torque all the bolts all the way up and down all the floors. And what they do is an inspector comes by and does a spot check like you're doing, takes 10% of all the bolts randomly. And when they check it, it's all good. They They – right off legally right off that the building's been been inspected it's good just found nothing wrong if they find a lot wrong they then go to the rest of the building so that is incredible that you actually did that that kind of deep dive spot check and you didn't find any near duplicates henry what do you think about that you know albert has taught me a lot i thought i really knew james the various system you know i've been teaching about it for about 10 years with folks it was what was really alarming to me was how little I knew about vaccines when I finally got out of medical school. And this is naturopathic medical school. 
you know, you think that we would get some education in there on what's what they really are. I didn't know what was in a shot. I had never read an insert. I didn't know anything about VARES. I had no idea what 42 USC 300 AA was, the law, the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was. I had no idea what a surveillance report was. I didn't know any of these key things. And what I found out was not only did naturopaths not know about it, you start talking to some of your colleagues in the white coats. And what do they tell you? They never taught us about vaccines in medical school either. We never knew about VARES. It's intentionally omitted from curricula at every medical school in the world, especially in this country. So when I got out, I started doing my own research. And, and like many people, we do our own research because this question didn't matter to us years ago until we started having children. And then it starts mattering. I have to start thinking about new things. And like everybody else, I was indoctrinated into the stupid lie of safe and effective. I was indoctrinated into that the shots couldn't possibly hurt anybody. They would never do anything like that. And so I started asking questions about the first shot a kid gets, first two really, hep B and vitamin K. And what do you find out? The child's immune system isn't even competent to be able to gain a memory of what a vaccine actually is until two years of age, until 18 to 24 months. So it's like, well, why are we injecting children as soon as they come out of the womb? This is, this is insanity. This is criminal, what's going on with this. So I went and did, and I started asking some key questions. Number one, how does a vaccine confer immunity? Because that's a, something that only the immune system can do. Well, this is one of the biggest lies for people. Your Immune system is what gives you immunity, not some shot, and especially not some shot with known carcinogens, known mutagens, um, nail polish remover, aborted human fetal tissue, metals, heavy metals, aluminum, thimerosal, mercury. I mean, it's, it's maddening when you actually stop and look at the ingredients and go, what? What are you telling me? One of my favorite things to do now, James, is real simple. I take all these idiot pro-vaxxers and I ask them to pull out their phones. And I say, listen, if you're not going to pull out your phone, we're not going to talk. But if you're going to pull out your phone, if you really want to have a conversation, we pull out your phone. They pull out their phones and I say to them, open up your browser and type in vaccine media and excipient summary. Because nobody's ever heard of this. Doctors, it's amazing how many white coats and pharmacists that inject people all the time have never even looked at this stuff. And I go, okay, go ahead and read me the ingredients that are in these damn shots. And I have them start reading the ingredients to me. And you can see the look in their face change as they're reading it, as they realize, oh my God, I didn't realize they were putting nail polish remover and heavy metals and aborted human fetal tissue and fetal bovine serum and all this crap into these shots. And so you can see the, the wave of reality of how stupid they've really been starting to come over them. I'm like, okay, you're getting it now. And I did it the right way. I didn't tell them about it. I had them figure it out for themselves, right? Because then they'll them. change their own mind, right? So yeah. then, I, then I ask them this final question, James. If I put all that on a spoon, would you swallow it? <laughs> and Never. I sit back and I'm, I'm like, tell me, just it could, tell me you would. Tell me you would take, if I put that on a spoon that you would swallow, and none of them say yes. And then I'm like, okay, now we can start having an honest conversation about VARES. 
Now we can have an honest conversation about the vaccine law. Now we can have an honest conversation about surveillance reporting showing how many times these things fail because these are not designed to prevent infection. At best, they're an artificial infection, but it's your immunity that gives you immunity. So I started asking myself these questions. And what I learned very, very quickly was that doctors don't know squat about vaccines, that doctors don't want to know squat about vaccines because they make a lot of money dependent upon how what percentage of their patient, their pediatric pi- uh, patient population is, is fully vaccinated. They get these kickbacks. And this is why they're so quick to k- threaten moms, bully moms, scare the bejeebas out of moms. And then if the mom still is saying, I'm not doing it, kick the mom out of the practice because they don't want to lose the sellout kickback. So what we have is a situation where we have uninformed doctors, which is malpractice, injecting known chemical compounds that lead to cancer, autoimmunity, and even death into babies, that these babies are valued by our government according to 42 USC-300 AA-15, valued to the tune of $250,000. That's what a baby's worth to our federal government. And that these bastards are collecting kickback paychecks from the pharmaceutical industry for it. You start laying that out and you go, boom, there is no way you're putting that needle in my child. It's not going to happen. And I don't need your permission to defend my child from a direct assault from a company that has no consequences because that same law gives them absolute and 100% immunity from me being able to sue them if they murder my child. So when you start laying that kind of stuff out, you go, this is the most corrupt criminal enterprise of all time. And they were targeting just kids. And you, you know, you'd have to go through some crazy. I had to move states a couple of times and I fought against the mandates in California and Oregon. And, you know, but you you figure out what you got to do. What they did with COVID was they said, we are going to go for broke now. We are going to lie like there's Greed. no tomorrow. Greed. Right? Well, you know what, James, is so interesting. And I want your audience to hear this from me. There is no difference between a man who doesn't read and a man who can't. All right. They lie in plain sight. All the information is right there. And what Albert taught me that blew me away, James, to bring it back, was that I think it was Albert, you said 2011, right? 2011. So in 2011, there was a change. And this is how they do it they make these little tiny little changes. And they don't, and they nobody ever knows what's going on. But the little tiny change they made in 2011 was if somebody gets shot, say they pass out, somebody files a VARES report that they passed out. But then two days later, three days later, a week later, that person dies, and another update comes in that, hey, this person's dead now. As of 2011, the CDC is not required to inform the American people of that update to the person's health status. The only thing they're required to uh, publish is on the first initial report. And now you have an even greater fraud going on, and there is no possibility of informed consent ever being reached. And because all the data being published is inaccurate, incomplete, 
and a lie to the American people. And we sit here and we look at this industry and we go, well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings about how they might feel about vaccines. You mean you don't want to say what needs to be said to help maybe save their lives is what you're talking about. Because these, and I can't tell you how many parents I've met over the years teaching on vaccine education now for so many years who have been through hell, absolute hell, because they should have been able to trust their government. They should have been able to trust their, their doctor and they couldn't. And now who has to pay that price? The child and the parent, because the pharmaceutical industry won't, the doctor sure as hell won't, and the government is going to plead the fifth. And the society won't. Albert, how did you meet Henry and get involved in this great project? Because I call um, this a project. I know it's a court case, but but to me, it's a project. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's a good question. The very the very first time, I don't know if Henry remembers this, but he actually went to Yuba City to speak at a church over there, and some of my Bay Area friends had went up there to see to see him speak, and then, um, uh. Right there at the church, I remember a girl uh, called me on the phone and said, I got I got Dr. Ely right here. And and we actually jumped on and we talked on the phone for a split second. And then I never heard from Henry again until until way later. And then it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, late 2022 when VAERS stripped all a lot of that foreign data all the foreign reports that came out and they stripped the data out they didn't delete the reports they just stripped some of the vital data out like the summary narrative what country it was coming from <laughs> so um and then somewhere in there that's when we that's when we connected and then uh uh yeah yeah i remember that because he was doing something with uh dr dr naomi wolf uh, about that and then yep so Henry, you got, you got Paul Nally, right? The uh, he's involved. You got this uh, death certificate expert, I guess uh, John's his name. Talk to us about the four of you as a group. You know what, what's been happening? We're way more than four. We got we got a nice size, fifteen, seventeen person group, something like that. We we what we do is this. This is what it's about. We have three rules, James. Be kind. Be accurate and never put yourself above the mission, right? That's what this is all about. So what's the mission? The mission is to make sure we get this before a grand jury so that we can say that an investigation is happening, right? That's what this is all about for us. In order to do that, we need experts in their respective areas, topics of expertise. So Albert is our expert on VARES. He's, to me, in my opinion, the top expert in VARES in the country. There's some others that are on that same pedestal, but Albert's right there. So um, we have uh, John Bodwin, who's our expert on death certificate analysis. He actually has gotten death certificates and been analyzing with another gentleman out of Minnesota. Um, They've I I still pinch myself sometimes go, how did we how did he get these? And then how did this guy who's such a good data analyst get them? So he's fantastic. Um, uh, Keith Wilkins is our RICO expert. Judge Nally and, and and Kelly are our grand jury experts. Um, Brian O'Shea, uh, Naomi Wolf's husband, is our our One Health expert. What's kind of going on? Um, uh, where where this is heading? You know, and what you start doing is putting this together. Senator Linthicum, Senator Thatcher, myself, uh, Steve Jonkis. We have several attorneys who assist. And uh, what you start putting together with all this is a team of Americans 
that believe we have everything we need to put this over the top. We just have to do this work and get through all of the excessive obstruction of justice and the excessive red tape to get there, which means see what the, what the system is going to do, the system isn't going to tell on itself. The system isn't going to investigate itself. You have to pressure the system and you have to let them know you're not going away, right? And so what we've decided is we're going all the way to the Supreme Court. We um, tried the route of going directly to U.S. attorneys. I actually pulled out of my own pocket thousands and thousands of dollars to send our peer-reviewed paper from October of 2020 showing this data fraud, proving the data fraud to every U.S. attorney in the country. We got bupkis back, not even a proof of their their receipt of it. Well, here are the reasons why. Apparently, we got uh, two systems in the United States, literally two different corporations, or a corporation and a republic. And, and the prob- problem is even the sheriffs. So I knew a, a couple of lawyers, lawyers out of Utah a year and a half ago, try to go out and get one percent of the sheriffs to uh to go up some grand jury investigators in their counties they were lucky to get 15. they might not have even gotten 15 and i haven't heard about it but the fact they couldn't even get a half a percent of the three thousand counties in the united states tells us what the, the sheriffs are blackmailed bribed maybe epstein island maybe part of trafficking maybe they get offshore money from the, the clintons back in the 90s when they shut up an offshore to pay off all the judges and all the sheriffs and everything and then, then I had Jason Ian, uh, who's a who's a rabbi and also a JD, and he was on my show a couple months ago. And he comes out and said flat out, he took his cell phone out, he talked to his county sheriff in California. He says, "You know what you are? You're not chief law enforcement." Because what do you mean? Because it says right here, read, you're chief executive officer of the county corporation was a subsidiary of the state corporation subsidiary of the federal corporation subsidiary of the crown of england where the bar association is and when he when he laid out the babylonian system that's what we're fighting that is why we've had almost no whistleblowers after four years that's why we've had no sheriffs coming forward that is why judges don't want to look at this lawyers do not want to get involved because they're afraid of losing the bar association and the money and the golfing at them very, you know, they've all taken the master of money over God, and I think that's a very terrible thing for them when the day t- comes and they get judged because they will be judged. Go ahead, John. Sellouts, sellouts and cowards. You know, that's what we are afflicted with in this country: sellouts and cowards, and key decision-making authority. They've they've figured Gates and friends have figured out that most people are amoral. Or yeah. enough people are amoral that will take money over understanding that they have duty to country, duty to family, and duty before God to yeah. do what is right. And what you're left with is a very clear delineation now between good and evil. So that's to our advantage. We know we're good by our actions, right? Yes. They'll know we are Christians by our love, right? This is this is how it works. What we have to get into our heads is that love is much more than this flowery crap thing that they want to paint it out. That's the devil's illusion. Love didn't get those boys on those boats to Normandy and Iwo Jima. Love, that flowery kind of here, you know, peace and everything, that didn't get tough love and understanding that if I don't draw the line here, this is going to find its way 
to my country, to where my wife is, to where my children are, to where everything I value is. So I'm going to draw the line right here. And then what happened late in 1945, mid-1945? What happened? We brought the damn Nazis into this country. And you, what did you think was going to happen? You brought the Nazis in, gave them unlimited funding, let them work in secrecy and continue on with their mind control. What, what did you think was going to happen? What's going to happen is this. This is the maturation of Operation Paperclip yeah. right now. And yeah. that's when I'm, when I'm looking at people and I'm like, do you understand that you are what your actions say you are? If you're a white coat and you're proud of being a doctor, my hope is that you would be proud of the health that you were able to help people create because doctor means teacher. Instead, what we've seen around this country is people are proud of their esteem that wearing a stupid cult of Asclepius symbol of oppression gives them. And they are proud of what the devil's dollars that they are taking in, corrupt dollars that they're taking in, what it allows them to buy, the house, the second house, the nice car, the stupid vacations, and all the things that didn't matter. That's all blood money. That's all blood money that you've been cashing those checks. And big shout out to high five to every doctor that through this last four years has come to the realization of what they were doing and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing it. Every single one of you that's done that, man, I got so much ridiculous respect for you. It's out of control. But how many bastards in white coats haven't done that? Know now that they are poisoning babies and potentially even killing babies with these damn injections, and they're doing it anyway because they want to believe the lie of safe and effective and don't want to face the fact, the reality, that they have been arbiters of evil. And that's what this comes down to. It's a battle of good and evil, and what we're going to do is show that the greatest energy always prevails. And what's the greatest energy? The love God gave us to begin with. And that's what we bring to the table every time we get into this fight. That's awesome. Uh Albert, do you look forward to the grand jury? Oh man, absolutely. I I keep saying, I keep telling people, me and my dashboards are courtroom ready. Uh, and it's a dogfight. It'll probably, you know, it'll probably take years more, but uh, but we'll we're gonna get there. And uh and Henry's gonna help lead us, help lead us to the grand jury. That's for sure, man. Uh Henry's Dr. Ely, he's Man, he's our he's our fearless leader of our group, and we got a great group, man. Um, you know, I, I I monitor the bears and I hand over the reports to John Bodine. I say, hey, Bo, John, check it out. Do you, do you have a you know Do you have a death certificate? So as soon as a death drops from one of the states that he's he wants, I send it to him. And we got a little well oiled machine. We just got to get ourselves in now in, in front of a um, in front of a grand jury, and. Uh, uh, Dr. Ely can explain it, but I guess there's grand juries. There's a bunch of grand juries at the district level or county level or something like that. It'll, ex it'll explain it. It's just a matter of time. Dr. H, we got about five minutes left. Okay. Go ahead. Talk talk about the grand jury and, and what it means. Well, uh, first thing, James, thanks for having us. And we want to get everybody to beyondthecon.com, beyondthecon.com. Tuesday, December 5th, 5 p.m. Pacific, we're going to do a press conference and we're also going to do a Q&A session and that's going to launch phase two of this grand jury initiative for us. 
There are three levels of grand juries within this uh, country, and each of them have equal power to go wherever their investigation takes them to get to the truth. And that is the county, the state, and the federal levels. Grand juries are made up of people like you and me. They're going to be some bias. You can't not be biased, but that doesn't mean that a grand jury isn't going to fulfill their charge. Their oath that they take is to diligently inquire and through true presentment make. They are the only people in our governmental apparatus that in their oath, they are specifically prohibited from lying. And that is very interesting when you think about politicians don't take an oath that they will not lie, but the grand juror has to. Grand juries were established to hold corrupt runaway governments to account, to make sure that we, the people, could investigate them if our government ran amok. And this is the opportunity that we have. So what we're going to do, we started at the federal level. We're going to take now with the corruption that we've seen that we were aware of, but we now know for sure is there at the federal level. We're going to take the work we've been doing. We're going to now expand it. The expansion that's coming starting in January of 2024 is that we are going to update our grand jury templates. We are going to make them a turnkey thing so that every person in every county of this country can submit grand jury petitions. And it is the duty of the grand jurors upon being duly informed by any source to now investigate. And we want those grand juries. And I don't care where they are. I don't care what little small cow county they are in. I don't care. We are going to make ourselves available to those grand jurors and you can subpoena us and we will bring the rain. We will bring the noise. We will bring everything that you thought might be wrong. We will be able to confirm it with proven data like Albert Benavides' wonderful Vera's dashboard, like John Bodwin's wonderful analysis of the horrible death certificates, like Keith Wilkins' wonderful analysis of the RICO fraud, and like the work that we've already precedingly done with myself, Senator Linthicum, Senator Thatcher, and Steve Jonkis when we're talking about how this was constructed. It's amazing, James, when you look at the timeline. By April 7th of 2020, they went from no, there went from no criminal enterprise to a fully scalable criminal enterprise that could extend internationally. And we can show these grand juries how it happened so they can launch their investigations and start holding these evil bastards to account. I got two people to introduce you to. Uh, I'll do it next week or whatever af- after the fifth. One is uh, David Meiswinkle. He used to be involved in 9-11, the Lawyers for Truth. He's mm-hmm. now with nationalarm.org. And Dr. Joseph Sansone here out of here in Florida, they would love to, you know, obviously learn about your template and kick butt up in New Jersey and Florida for sure in those counties. Uh, one minute for you to close out. Uh, Albert, please do. Please go ahead. Oh, they just thank you for having me. I defer, I defer to Dr. Ely. Um uh anything we can do to help, anything I can do to help uh bears and all that stuff. But uh Dr. Ely. Take it away. Take All right. So, so before we do, Henry, uh, real quick audience, go to VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, aware.com. You can do what I do. It's not Excel heavy. So you, you, you're not, you don't have to be a geek to start using it and pulling grass out and charts and information. So go there and do your own research. Go ahead, Henry. The floor is yours. Just wanted to say, James, thank you so much to you, to your audience, to everyone who has stayed so diligently dialed in on this topic. This is the topic of our lifetime 
We live in historic times and we have to make sure that we decide how those historic times end. So the greatest energy always prevails. Our love, even if it's tough love, is going to be what prevails. And we want to make sure everybody joins us on December 5th, 5 p.m. Pacific, beyondthecon.com. Let's get it on. Great. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, good luck. And we will follow up on your great grand jury and everything else you're doing for the country. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. Thank you.